Good morning. <clears throat> I don't know what they put this podium for. I probably just walked back and forth. But so I'd be lying to you if I didn't tell you I was a little nervous. No, a lot nervous. Um, but you know, um, the most important thing is that I get to talk about my favorite subject. And so, by the way, <clears throat> all these muscles don't let them fool you. I'm a crybaby. <laughs> God turned me into one of those. Um, it was probably in me, but he just brought it out. And uh, so, you know, there'll be a lot of pauses while I reflect with the tissue. Um, so, there's a sermon, or, or there's, a, uh, there's a scripture in uh, Revelation 12:11 that says that we overcame by the blood of the Lamb, the word in our testimony, and that we did not love our lives unto death. And so I've thought a lot about that, that scripture over the years. Um, that, uh, you know, we overcame by the word in our testimony. So I think it's the right, you know, it's, it's probably, you know, uh, uh, pretty much kind of a commandment, really, that we share the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what, that's what we're supposed to do. So, anyway... Here I am. <laughs> um, has anybody, uh, anybody besides me ever had a word from God? And, you know, God's told you, you know, you're going to go to nations. You're going to speak the word of, of God. You know, you're going to go places. You know, you're going you're gonna, to, you know, these things are going to happen. You know, and, 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 then, and then that doesn't happen for a while, you know. We start to get discouraged. God um, it was this very church. It was it wasn't uh, New Day at that time. It was called uh, Church of the Nations, and it was Dr. Michael Hosey. And some of you were there that day, and this has been 20 years ago. And I sat, and and, and uh, Dr. Hosey stopped preaching, and he walked over to me, and he said, he said, son. God wants to tell you a few things. And he said, God says that you're going to go places, son, that he says you're going to make, he's going to make me a wealthy man. He said you're going to go places that I could never go. You're going to say, feed the people, or rent the building, feed the people, I want to talk to them. <laughs> so, I mean, he told me that. I'm like, okay, God, let's go. Ready? One, two, you know. Yeah. It doesn't happen that way. You know, I sat there and, you know, and, and then so you start to get discouraged. It doesn't happen, you know. Not, I don't think that God's timing <laughs> is our timing, you know. We live in a fast food world, you know. Burger King, I want it my way. I want it, and I want it now. There's a, there's a, uh, a, a book out there. It's, it's, it's called King Baby, and I think that, that I might resemble that, King Baby. I want it, and I want it now. And that's, that's not the way that it happens in God's world. So, you know, time went by and you get discouraged and, you know, you start turning back to the world and, and that pretty much happened to me. It probably happens to a lot of people. Um, so I just, you know, I talked to God. And I said, God, what is it? You know, you gave me this word. Why, why, why aren't we doing this? Why? You know, let's do it. Let's go. You said that this was going to happen. 
you said that, you know, that we were going to do these things. What's the problem? Let's do it. God, God talked to me. God said, I can't just give you that kind of power and that kind of influence. And I was like, why not? You said that you were going to do that. He said, because I love you too much. And I was like, I don't understand. I had just had the opportunity to read a book. It was called A Tale of Two Kings. And it talked about Saul. And it talked about how Israel wanted a king. And uh, so, you know, they saw this, this tall guy. And they said, that's the king. You know, that's him. <laughs> you know, let's make him king. So, um, you know, they anointed the king. You know, some things happened. And, and pretty much it just, it was bang, bang, bang. That's, the way, that's what I wanted. Bang, bang, bang. I, I, I want to do these things. And uh, if you remember the story of Saul... He didn't do what God wanted him to do. And uh, eventually God had to turn his back on Saul. And he said, if I gave you that kind of power, I'd have to turn my back on you and I love you too much. So, tissue moment, sorry. So, God said, but have you considered my servant David and so in this book it talked about David and it talked about how he was pursued and and, uh, how the enemy was coming at him and attacking him and and that he had to live in caves and you know they probably didn't eat very good and pretty much you know uh, was always in fear of his life and uh, you know but he earned it he earned it. He earned, and so, so you know, when, when he got, he had, he had experienced all the things that uh, that that it would take to become a man of God. So I remember sitting in a jail cell, and um, I was in one of those poor me moments. They all left me, God. There's nobody here. I don't have any friends. My wife has divorced me. They're all gone. And I heard God speak to me and He said, I know how you feel, son. (laughs) Of course, I'm like, yeah, right. How do you know how I feel? And He said, because they all left me too. And I realized at that moment that He did know and that He walked this life he, that's the reason that he came and he walked among us, is so that he could associate and that he could appreciate what you and I walked through. And uh, so I realized that day that he couldn't be who he is. He couldn't be at the right hand of the Father today if he hadn't experienced all the hurts and the pains that we go through. And, and, I, and I think that King David's life was a lot like that. He, 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 he experienced all it was, and so, so he could really relate to the people. You know, he was a, he was a man of the people. Saul, Saul didn't have to work for it. Have you ever bought your kids a car? Bought them a car? 
here it is. Brand new car, you know, cost us thousands, you know. We, uh, we pay the insurance. And, uh, <laughs> they just don't really care, you know. Yeah, it's a car. You know, scrape it. Door dents. Don't keep it clean. Don't change the oil. Don't even check the oil. You mean there's oil in the car? Then, then, then there's the kid that buys his own pickup or his own truck or his own car. And, and he had to work for that car. It means a lot to him. You know, he polishes it, keeps it vacuumed, makes sure it's got oil, makes sure it's changed sometime. Um, that's the way it is, kind of, with, 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 with David, with Jesus. So, Really, the name of this, 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 what I, what I'm talking, what I talk about today is a wilderness experience. And that wilderness experience comes when you get that word from God. And He says, I'm, you're going to go to this promised land. I promised you this thing. We're going to a land of milk and honey. And like, so we're like, let's go. We can, you know, let's, so God, you know, supernaturally delivers us, just like he did the, the, the children of Israel. He takes them and supernaturally delivers them from, from, from uh, bondage, from, from the world. A whole, a whole tribe, a whole, a whole nation of people, and, and, and miraculously delivers them from Egypt, um, Plagues, blood, uh, the death of the firstborn, and 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 it says that not only did um, did did God like supernaturally deliver them, but that they took the wealth of Egypt with them. I, I looked that up, and it said that they plundered Egypt. I don't know what that means in our lives, but I'll bet that there's we, we'd have to like like. Investigate, you know, like like research that someday about, you know, we took the wealth of the world with us, you know. But anyway, but the, it, it says that they took the wealth of Egypt with them. So leads them into the desert, parts the sea, parts the sea, and then drowns the entire Egyptian army in the sea. And the first thing they do when they get to the wilderness. Just start grumbling. You led us into this wilderness? To, to what? There's no water? And I've read that story and thought, Lord, <laughs> far be it from me. I'd never do that. You know, kind of like Peter, far be it from me. But yeah, we did that. You know, I remember being in rehab, and um, it was a spiritual day, and uh, I was tired, man, of being in bondage. I was tired of being stuck in Egypt. I was tired of, of being a slave to the enemy. And uh, I had checked into rehab, so I, I'm there. I, 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 this little volunteer came in, 
And there was 26 of us, I'll never forget, 26 of us, and we were in this circle. And she said, I'm going to play a tape, and I just want you to listen to this tape. And uh, so it was a Christian tape, and it started, you know, she said, close your eyes and just listen to it. And so she's, you know, the tape is, is singing, and it's, it's talking about Jesus. And Jesus is the same today. He's the same today as he was for always, you know. He's never changing, you know. Um, hasn't he always come through? And I was raised in church. I knew who he was. He was that guy that got on a cross. I knew who he was. I just didn't know him. And so, um, halfway through the song, I'm bawling like a baby. <laughs> I open my eyes. Everybody's looking at me because <laughs> I'm bawling like a baby. And I'm thinking, Lord, don't, they don't get it. They don't get it. So I excused myself from the group and I went to my room. And I got down on my knees and I said, I'm tired, God. I, I don't want to fight anymore. I want you to come into my heart and I want you to be my Lord and Shepherd. I, I'm done with Egypt. I don't want to be in bondage anymore. And so I came out of that room, probably like the children of Israel, rose-colored glasses. I had supernaturally just been delivered that day. Supernaturally. And I'll bet you if I look, I took all the wealth of Egypt with me. I don't know what that is. But I was supernaturally delivered that day. And I I had I say they're rose you know, Christian glasses on. That's what I say they were. Because because nothing was gonna bother me anymore. I it was over. I turned my life over, right? Just been supernaturally delivered. I didn't know that I was going into the wilderness. I didn't know. I didn't know. You know what? So 40. 40. It appears in the Bible, I think, 136 times. I think I looked it up. 40. 40 nights, 40 days, 40 years. 40 is a time of testing and probation. It also means a generation of people. So, here I am in the wilderness. And of course I start grumbling. And you know what happened when the children of Israel started grumbling? One more time around the mountain. One more time around the mountain. You know how many times I heard... One more time around the mountain, son. I heard it a lot of times. Thank God it wasn't 40 years. It could have been. It could have been. I really believe that, that we determine our destiny in the wilderness. I tell my kids all the time that the cup is half empty or half full. You've got to decide. You, you have to make a decision on who you're going to believe. Are you going to believe 
things that you see, what, what's on the surface, the wilderness? Or are you going to believe the words of God? I'm taking you to a land of milk and honey. I'm taking you there. There's uh they you know, they grumbled, they grumbled, they even grumbled when God came to talk to them. You know that? It's like we don't want to hear we don't we don't want to hear it. You 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 go talk to him and you come talk to us. I mean, can you believe that? But we do that too. Have you ever had a word from God and go, Oh no, that's not for me. That's you were talking to the other guy. No, son, I was talking to you. You know what I hear the most is when I'm talking to people? Is, are you listening to yourself, son? (laughs) So, I I believe that we determine our destiny. Look, those people could could have believed that day. There were two that did. Two. Joshua and Caleb. Remember, they sent out... Spies into the into the, to the to land of milk and honey. Spies. Remember how long they were there? Forty days. And they came back and gave a good account. And God said that no man over twenty years old would make it to the promised land. No man. Is that amazing? These people could have lived in the promised land. But they chose not to with their unbelief and their grumbling. So Deuteronomy 8 says that I led you in the wilderness all these years to humble you, to test you, to see what was in your heart. So what's in your heart? I know what was in my heart those years. All those years was unbelief. Unbelief and grumbling. So, you know, there's giants in the land. So, that land, folks, is right here. That land is here. That land is here. I believe that we can live in the land of milk and honey today in here. That's what I believe. I believe that there's a land... Uh, a promised land right here in us today. But we have giants. So what are your giants? I ask the kids that I go to speak to in these in these schools, is what are the masks that you wear? What masks? Who who do you who do you tell you yourself that you are? Who do you tell yourself that you are? Those masks that we wear, those 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 giants, we have to face those giants, folks. That unbelief. Look, God says something. We need to step out and say, "Yes, sir." You know, I'm not there yet. Obviously, I'm not there. But I, I'm going to tell you today that I I I live in a blessed and promised place. I mean, I I love my life. Look. <clears throat> I was one of those people, um, I lost everything. I took the wealth of Egypt with me, and then I lost, I gave it away. I didn't lose it, because I know what happened to it. I gave it away. And uh, 
So those giants, we need to subdue those giants. Where are your giants? Alcohol, drugs, pornography, giants. But two people said, (laughs) they're just giants. Me and God, we're a majority. And the Bible tells you that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's what the Bible says. God doesn't ever say in the Bible that we can't. He says that we can. I sat in that same jail cell. That same jail cell. Prison cell. Excuse me. And uh, for years I heard how I wouldn't be able to do this anymore. I wouldn't be able to... God couldn't use me anymore. That I'd seen too much dirt. That God didn't want me anymore. And... And what's worse, I agreed with it. Yep, you're right. You're right. God doesn't love me. You're right. God can't use me. You know, you know. so here, this is what I had to think about. So I'm sitting in this, this prison cell going, you know, <clears throat> I don't think God would ever tell me that I can't. I don't think so. I, I don't. I don't remember in the Bible any place that God said that you can't do anything through Christ. It doesn't say that. And then I, then I thought back, well, remember when you got down on your knees and you turned your life over to God and uh, how immediately, I'm telling you, immediately I started hearing that you're not really saved. Can, really? Can I get a witness? Really? It happens. We turn our life over, and we never heard that before until we turned our life over. When I got baptized with the Holy Spirit, you know what I heard? You're just talking gibberish. (laughs) That's something that you're just copying from somebody else. So, So those giants of unbelief and grumbling, you don't love me, God, because I can't, I can't speak in tongues. I heard that. And that's what I said. And then one day I thought, you know, I don't care if it's gibberish or not. I'm going to speak it out. And man, I started speaking in tongues. And I thought, you know, the enemy, look, this land, the enemy is the enemy. All those words, all that stuff that you hear, all that unbelief, the enemy. And 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 I started speaking, and I realized that I could. And then I had cheated myself all those years of listening to the enemy and all those negative thoughts in my head. How do you think the children of Israel felt? How long did they cheat themselves? They cheated themselves to the point that they never entered the promised land. How many people sit in church today and don't get to enter the promised land? So I ask you today, what's in your heart? What's in your heart? Sit in a prison cell. Um, 
was, was a real eye opener. I, I wish that we all could have a wilderness experience or that we could all have a cell to, to, to sit in and reflect. A warden told me here two, a couple of weeks ago, I go and speak at prisons and, you know, I encourage the guys that are there. And uh, he said, wow, you're, you're much tougher on, on these prisoners than the preachers or the people that come to speak to them. <clears throat> and I said, well, okay. But I said, you see this mirror? Until you can look it into the mirror and see who you really are and see what you really think and look like, then and, and, and can't take and, until you can take responsibility for who you are, you don't have the ability to change. You can't change. And so why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I be tougher? I've been there. You know what I tell them? I have a number just like you. I have a number just like you. I wore green just like you. And you know what? I chose, I made a decision to believe my God. And when I walked out of prison, God exploded my roofing business, restored my marriage. I love my kids. They've had blessings spoke over their heads. And they're in a wilderness right now. They're in a wilderness. But you know what I say? They're working on their testimony. They're working on their testimony. Because someday... When they come out of that wilderness experience and they come out of that, that desert and they can tell somebody else, look, I've been there. I know how you feel. So I'm telling you that I know how you feel. I know how you feel and I've been there. And uh, church, it's time to make a change. We need to believe because there's a whole other life out there. Look, I, I think that where I'm at today, I kind of get complacent. I tell, I tell pastors sometimes, you know, I, I, I don't hear from God like I used to hear from God. Holy smoke, I, I'd hear from God every single day, you know, because, because I was so desperate at the time. Look, pastor said, here's where you were, Rory, and here's where you wanted to be. And so today, here's, here's where you're at. And, uh, um, you know, you were at that time just pushing in, pushing in, pushing in. Look, I don't know if you know who Dr. Michael Brown is. But he said that, and, and you know, it's kind of, but he said one time that, that he, he was an Orthodox Jew, and, and that uh, he, he was going to college. And he got into drugs, acid um, you know, whatever he was doing. And, but he said that his favorite thing was tripping into the spiritual realm. I mean, so I can relate with that a little bit. Tripping into the spiritual realm. But he said, he went to God and he said, since I turned my loaf over to you, God, and you are the spiritual realm, I don't see into that realm anymore. What's the problem? <clears throat> and he said, God spoke to me and said, Michael, if you would seek me like you seek the drugs, 
I could show you so much more. So I don't care where you're at today, there's more. He was a doctor teaching in the Brownsville Revival, at the, at the School of Revival. And there's more. There was more for him. There's more. Folks, there's more. I think that that promised land expands. It's in here. But we decide. We have to make the decisions on how fast we go or if we go. There was a whole generation of people that didn't get to go. So, anyway, that's pretty much what I have. (laughs) 